All right, so Jess, yeah, you know what time it is, right? I have a vague All idea. All right, partner, you know what time it is. No matter what day of the week, it's always going to be Fred Durst Friday. Oh, yeah. So let me tell you what. Fucking turn that baseball cap backwards. Mm-hmm. Open up a nice, cold, refreshing glass of hot dog flavored water and sit back as we go through the best Fred Durst side project on Fred Durst fucking Friday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, and also, illustrious thing, today is literally Fred Durst's 50th birthday, August 20th. Big 5 The day of recording. Yes. Yeah. So you know what? We got to do something special. It's his big day. It's his big motherfucking five zero day. Fifty years ago today is not not five zero like the cops five zero because it's a fucking. This is the start of his middle age. Can we get the well, sound to, of a loading well, gun? Well, his middle age, I believe, probably started a little earlier. No, Fred Durst is going to live to he, 100 years old. Okay. Yeah. No, he's he's healthy. He's as healthy as a fucking ox. If anything, 150. <laughs> and. On this very illustrious episode, we will be reviewing two articles, very two very historic Fred Durst articles. And we'll get into the first one right now. So this article is about the illustrious event known as Woodstock 99. Now, folks, Mike and Jess, do you guys know about Woodstock 99 before we get started? I do know yeah. that it was a complete shit show and that some riots started during Limp Bizkit's break stuff performance uh, yeah maybe kind a disaster of disaster and uh maybe the last good music festival <laughs> yes this is true um uh all of warp tour sucks um let's see here hey, we went to Bonnaroo coachella's bad that was pretty rocking um, rocks dude. well the, the, i mean the fire festival was the last good music festival yeah oh absolutely or maybe 100%. the first good music festival yeah, yeah i agree it was a fire music festival. It dude. was pretty fire. I love those cheese sandwiches at the refugee <laughs> camp. <laughs> I, you know, those cheese sandwiches were so good. Uh, I did. I didn't even care that I missed Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. You know, I gotta say, I also miss though, Ja Rule too. Yeah. It is lovely that the Woods, Woodstock '99 followed in Woodstock. You know, the original Woodstock's footsteps. '69. Yeah, <laughs> and having a lot of rape. <laughs> yeah, having a lot of rape and not being prepared for the number of attendees that were there. Do, do you remember when they tried? doing Woodstock 2019 yes and didn't happen yeah it didn't happen at all because didn't they propose a lineup that was like disgustingly bad it it was just like the most corporate bullshit that like no one is actually a fan of that you know it's the type of thing where they get they they make all of their money and get all their fans through like commercial sponsorship deals and shit it was basically Sha Na Na but the entire music festival (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. But with that out of the way, we're going to go to our, our article from TheRinger.com. Also, it was named after um, uh, The Ringer. Wasn't that the Johnny Cash? Not the Johnny Cash. The Johnny uh, Depp movie John, where he yes. joined the Special Olympics. Yeah, I was gonna say the, the Johnny Knoxville movie where uh, he – to be fair, that's one of the more positive, like, uh, portrayals of mentally challenged people in comparison to what Hollywood usually puts out. Oh, my Lanta. Remember? I, I like to imagine Johnny Depp in that role as Johnny Knoxville. But yeah, I, I mean, Johnny God, Knoxville I is that movie actually I mean, Johnny Knoxville is probably a morally day. better person than Johnny Depp, let's be honest. Well, because Johnny Knoxville's dick doesn't work uh, because of all the shit. That no, that's the thing is that, like, he literally can't rape because his dick doesn't work. <laughs> I, it don't work. I don't know. I haven't followed the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial thing no i'm, I'm mostly just being a basically uh, i know he is a victim of abuse um and that is awful uh but also yeah. i don't like him as an actor so and also amber heard literally shit in his bed yeah God she damn. she did fucking jess's cat 
what does on a daily basis. Look, my cat took a shit in the litter box and the smell wafted out here and it won't be let go. All right, but you know what? We've we've done too many fucking non sequiturs here. We need to get into the article. And the article from, once again, The Ringer is called Limp Biscuit Got the Blame for the Woodstock 99 Riots, but it's not that simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the uh, underline of this is the first episode of quote unquote break stuff. The Ringer's new documentary podcast series about the doomed festival explores whether the bad boys of new metal were really the cause of the chaos. Which, do, by the way, I'm absolutely listening to that fucking podcast. I, I should listen. How did they get a whole podcast out of this one event? Dude, what's like 99 was fucking insane. There was so much shit going on. I could imagine you could get easily eight episodes if they're an hour long each. Easily. There's okay. so much shit going on with what's like 99. Um, I hope they plug us back. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, we, back, we should tweet baby. this at Ringer. Yeah, pl- uh, no, absolutely. We're going to tweet this at Ringer and we demand the a sponsorship. Just, the podcast we, just came out a year ago, so it's still re- somewhat relevant. Yeah, yeah I don't know, dude. Fuck Bill Simmons. I don't want anything to do with that rat bastard. Yeah, Bill Simmons fucking sucks and Boston is trash uh, overall. Yeah, not um, as bad as Ben Simmons, fuck though. Fuck the insulter. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. And fuck the sucksers, too. All right. In 1999, a music festival in upstate New York became a social experiment. Not that kind of social experiment where you commit racism on YouTube. And then uh, after people call you out, say, it was just a fucking prank, bro. Not that kind of social experiment. Is it more like the kind of social experiment where you expose a woman for being a gold digger? Yeah, her name's Andalee. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, um, There were riots, looting and numerous assaults, all set to a soundtrack of the era's most aggressive rock bands. Incredibly, this was the third iteration of Woodstock, a festival originally known for peace, love, and hippie idealism. But Woodstock 99 revealed some hard truths behind the myths of the 1960s and the danger that nostalgia can engender. All right. Uh, and this is an excerpt from the uh, Break Stuff uh, podcast. Uh, by 1999, Limp Bizkit wasn't merely a popular rock band. They were a pop band. MTV's signature teen music show TRL played the video for Nookie nearly as often as it played clips by Britney Spears and the Backstreet Boys. After Woodstock 99, Limp Bizkit went from the bad boys of TRL to the villains of the festival. The media said Limp Bizkit drove the audience to a riot when they played the incendiary Break Stuff, a standout track from the band's second album, Significant Other, which, standout track, it's the most standout track of any album ever made. I'm sorry, it's a great fucking song. Mm, gotta be. I will say that's probably my favorite Limp Bizkit. It's a pretty good fucking song. It's, it's nice and simple, it's fucking hard as shit, and it gets you fucking ready to fucking chap asses raw with chainsaws. That's true, but I will say... Or skin your asses raw with chainsaws, uh, sorry. They, they reference the, the era when um, they were playing the Nookie video constantly, and I remember at the time, uh, I was being babysat by my aunt a lot, um, and my cousins watched a lot of MTV, and I saw the Nookie video, and I was literally hypnotized like <laughs> something about like the the this the fucking little janky guitar riff uh and uh everything going on in that song i was like i stopped dead in my tracks and i was like what the fuck is this i uh, listen as, as i've always said west borland is an incredible guitarist and i fu- <laughs> honestly the guitar tune on nookie fucking rips i love it it's, it's so good it's a it's a very catchy song and i can't help but uh but have a weak spot for that song like break stuff uh, is 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 a decent track too, but like yeah. something about Nookie just like hits me in my core. Well, yeah, well, significant other is a, like a legit, really fucking good album. I like it a lot. 
Um, even now, this is probably the one thing that everybody thinks they know about Woodstock 99. Limp Bizkit played break stuff, and tens of thousands of hooligans were provoked into breaking lots of stuff. Can we That's still the say story, that? right? What? Hooligans? Can we still say hooligans? We, we could so. say in 2019, but no. Canceled. Canceled. I mean, uh, soccer hooligans are still cool. I mean, that's true. Shit. Well, that's, I mean, in Britain, is a little bit different. You mean football hooligans? <laughs> yeah, football hooligans. <laughs> that's thing. It's part of my culture, so I can say it, but you can't say it. No. <laughs> uh, well, it's what at least one of the organizers of Woodstock 99 would have us believe. Even now, John Scher, the festival's promoter, doesn't mince words when it comes to Limp Bizkit. John Scher says, quote unquote, you had a cheerleader in Fred Durst, who, if I haven't uh, said enough times, is a complete fucking asshole. <laughs> Scher said, quote unquote, Fred Durst. Man, fuck you. Man, fuck you. <laughs> quote unquote, Fred Durst was a moron. He was out of his mind. He was completely out of his fucking mind. And then Fred Durst chimed back once again. Man, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked even better that time because... It hits. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Blaming the bands for all the rioting, looting, and assaults. It's a little too easy and reductive. And for the people who organize Woodstock 99, it's very convenient. Hip-hop and metal have always been the easiest genres to demonize. So naturally, the meldings, uh, melding of these genres made new metal acts especially susceptible to being scapegoated. Jonathan Davis, the lead singer of Korn, you didn't have to say it. We all know who Jonathan Davis is. He's the biggest celebrity of all time. Is there another John Dave? Yeah. Yeah, and Just, Super Drag. Ridiculous. Oh yeah. Uh, who performed at <laughs> the festival? We discussed this in a previous episode. Who performed at the festival agrees. I don't think that the riot should have happened. Period. Davis said that was some bullshit. But I think Biscuit being blamed for it because they were the heavy band. We were the outlaws at the at the time. I don't think it was their fucking fault. Which I mean, you know, fuck it, sure, whatever. Uh, here's another reason why you can't solely blame Limp Bizkit for the madness of Woodstock 99. The riots didn't actually happen after Limp Bizkit played. In fact, the demonization of Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit is partly based on a faulty timeline. And uh, I knew this for a fact. Uh, the riots occurred on Sunday, the festival's final day, around the time that Red Hot Chili Peppers and Megadeth performed. And I, knew, I know for a fact that the fires at least started during Red Hot Chili Peppers set. Oh, damn. So... Want to blame Fred? No. Blame Anthony Kiedis, the worst frontman of any band of all time. Ooh. Uh, okay, it's I'm not going to have... take, but I don't listen, like the... Listen, uh, you know, this, this meme brought to you by Mike Patton Gang. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. <laughs> Limp Bizkit played on Saturday night. It's true that there were some... Uh, there were other bad things that occurred on Saturday night, but the fires, the looting of vendors, the exploding refrigeration truck, that all occurred on Sunday. Uh, Durst and guitarist Wes Borland attempted to make that distinction in a 2014 interview, uh, quote unquote from Wes Borland, to watch the news reports of the mashup of our day and the next day where the fires were, watching them cut footage of the fires, cutting that into our set at the same time was just like they were just like, let's make this fucking worse, Borland said. Uh, found opportunity to point yeah, a finger, oh, Durst damn. said. I think they found a good spin on it. I wasn't at Woodstock 99, but I've watched video of the Limp Bizkit performance on YouTube many times. From the video, two things are immediately obvious. First, the crowd was extremely rambunctious and unruly. Some of the misbehavior is typical drunken buffoonery that's ultimately harmless. Other acts are flat-out criminal. Now, we will get into some kind of gratuitous stuff, so a uh, little trigger warning here for the audience because I want to be nice. 
Uh, two random cutaways to the audience show topless women whose breasts were groped by nearby men. In fact, some men were prosecuted for these and actually ended up spending years in prison. That's a aside. It's not in the article. Better than but Cage's character saw in Sandler. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he should be put away prison for uh, 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 serial rape many times. Uh, men who didn't, from what I can tell, have permission to touch those women. This happened in shots that last for maybe a second or two each. If it was that easy to capture footage of women being sexually assaulted, I can only imagine how widespread it was. And there, there were a lot of rapes at Woodstock 99. That is a fact. Um Second, Limp Bizkit pulled out all the stops to rev up the audience. For the first half of the show, there's a familiar pattern. Limp Bizkit plays an upbeat and pile-driving number, and the audience goes wild. Then Durst uh, encourages everybody to get even crazier. Uh, but the wild, wildest moment of the show isn't break stuff. It actually occurs about 20 minutes earlier when Limp Bizkit plays a cover of Thieves by the band Ministry, which I've never I've never heard of them cover that. I'm sure I, it's probably I pretty good. I didn't realize they... They were ministry fans. <laughs> the reaction from the audience is awe-inspiring. I mean, that is both a compliment and a condemnation. You know those berserker crowd scenes in Mad Max Fury Road? That's how crazy it was. It's terrifying and kind of exhilarating to watch. Damn, that sounds pretty fucking badass. That sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Now, if Wes Borland was like playing uh, the guitar in the front of a car, that'd be fucking rad. Yeah, he's got all the fucking skin yeah, of his mother going. The and there's like fires fireworks. coming going on. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Fun fact: that guy, uh, that's that guy in Mad Max Fury Road was Wes Borland. No, so I mean that shit. That makes gives me even so. more appreciation for Fury Road. Oh, absolutely. oh yeah. <laughs> the Limp Bizkit performance sent hundreds of kids from the mosh pits to the medical tents. Brian Hyatt was there, covering Woodstock 99 for a website called Sonic Net. He later investigated the festival for a year. I watched the Limp Bizkit set, Hyatt said. Fred Durst's oh, not a great moment of judgment basically told the crowd to tear shit up, which they did, and ripped pieces off a sound tower and were surfing on them. There's a very legendary scene where you see a guy literally surfing on a, like, fucking 10-foot long by 5-foot long piece of fucking, like, wood off a cell tower. I have seen that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh. I then went to the medical tent and saw weeping kids who had been injured in the mosh pit and talked to medical staff who were just overwhelmed with kids injured in some of the craziest mosh pits ever. They had kids going to the medical tent telling the doctors, they need to stop the show. This is the scariest thing I've ever seen. Holy shit. That sounds pretty fucked, dude. Uh, eventually, Limp Bizkit started to play a few slower numbers. It's around now that the Woodstock 99 cameras find the surfers that Brian saw, hanging 10 on <laughs> wood removed from one of the central towers. Uh, when you watch the video, it appears that Durst sees this, though he doesn't acknowledge it at first. Here's what I know for sure. Was Durst aware of how crazy the audience was and actively working to steer things in a more manageable direction? Or was he too far removed from the crowd to know one way or the other? Unfortunately, neither Durst nor anyone else, uh, anybody else from Limp Bizkit would talk to me. Uh, but Rob Sheffield, a journalist who covered the festival for Rolling Stone, remembers Durst actually encouraging audience members to help one another. From where I was standing in the crowd, deep in the crowd... There was a sense that he was trying to uh, to sort of encourage a fun and rowdy environment, Sheffield said, but not trying to inst- uh, incite a riot. He kept stressing, if anyone falls down, pick them up, which, you know, talk about, you know, he has his uh, fucking uh, start in the metal and punk scene. That's, that's yeah, not that's a common thing. That's fucking, yeah, that yeah. is straight up. That's hardcore so law. Good, good, for, good for Fred for stressing that out. Unfortunately, it didn't uh, help with all the rapes, but whatever.
Well, he didn't specifically say don't rape. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, said, he, he, said, he, said, he said if anybody rapes, punch him in the face. Maybe yes. things would have gotten a little. He similar. literally said, oh, yeah, pick, you know, if you see a woman fall down, pick her up, and then immediately sexually assault her. That was that yeah. was pick cut her out. by the tits. Um, uh, he said. Uh, I believe uh, Nick Cage in the movie <laughs> Zandley uh, told him to say that. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Fred Durst showed some judgment and didn't say that. That's true. Yeah. At a certain point during the set, he said, okay, we let some negative energy out. This is after they play break stuff. And he said, now we want to bring the positivity. And then they did Nookie. And they did George Michael's Faith. I mean, Faith is a very positive energy song, yeah, especially and when. As is Nookie, you know? So we'll be yeah. nice. Uh, which was a good body. <laughs> which was a great festival jam. Everybody knew the words to that one. Limp Bizkit finally plays break stuff about two thirds into the set. It's an intense performance that brings the audience back to its feet. As the energy builds and builds, you can see more and more boards being removed from the central tower. <laughs> Eventually, Durst himself will end up crowd surfing on one of those boards. Oh, I did see that. He actually did go on one of those boards and was like doing a fucking like performance. Fucking I don't know nuts. if I remember. It's been a it's been a while since I've actually watched the performance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as someone who's watched a lot of Woodstock '99 performances, I can't argue that Limp Bizkit didn't do their job. Slamming Fred Durst seems like an act of deflection. It's not an honest attempt to address the mistakes that were made at the festival. Uh, looking back, Maureen Callahan, who covered the festival for Spin, feels the same way. Somebody asked me recently, would you blame any of the acts for what happened? And I think that's really unfair, Callahan said. Th- uh, these are acts that are parachuting in and parachuting out. Again, that's sort of my reluctance, reluctance to ascribe it to a particular act. Because then you're uh, also taking away any culpability on the part of the kids who were, you know, going too far. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. And going too far includes sexual assault. Yeah. And injuring hundreds of teenagers. That's going too far. It's a few steps uh, over the line. Yeah, just a couple steps. Um, so yeah, this article I think is I think is really good and has a more nuanced take of what happened at Woodstock. Yes, and I would agree with that too. I I mean, obviously, like a band can kind of incite a riot if they wanted to, but I think it's unfair to place the full blame onto the performance act because one, especially in a crowd that large. You can't tell what the fuck is no, going on. No, I mean, literally, there were, I think there were like well over half a million people with yeah, Stock yeah, You can't fucking tell. It's a and like, sea of you've people. got fucking spotlights blaring in your face that are going to prevent you from actually seeing what's going on there. And, you know, honestly, giant crowds like that are just kind of scary and bad in general. Yeah, objectively. Things like, my They're scariest a moment. entity of their own. Yes. I, the, the scariest moment I've ever been at at a, a music festival was actually not even during the performance. Uh, it was after the performance and everybody was moving to other stages. You're talking about after Kendrick Lamar? After Kendrick Lamar at fucking Bonnaroo. And like, Jesus Christ, it was terrifying. I wasn't walking, but I was moving. I was like floating. <laughs> yeah, I was literally <sighs> floating on the ground. My legs were not moving, but I was moving with this crowd. And it was, Jesus. you know, People shit like that is. People were getting pissed at each other like mm. it was someone's fault that they were like <laughs> moving at whatever yep. speed and whatever direction they were that in. That just sounds like it would give me a fucking panic attack. Yeah. It oh, was I was having awful. a borderline panic attack, but it's like, you know, like, I don't know. At a certain point, crowds begin to behave like a fluid and not really like people. Yeah. No, yeah, especially with and crowds that fucking large and crowds that are that unruly. And the other thing about Woodstock 99 was that there was just no one was equipped to handle that many fucking people. Oh, absolutely. Like, not literally, not. there were uh, uh, 
like talk about medical tents, but even like the vendors and stuff like that, they were running out of water so much that they were charging eight dollars for a fucking bottle of water because it was just that fucking rare. That was nineteen ninety nine too. Yeah, yeah, that's nineteen ninety nine dollars. Like a twenty dollars for a bottle of water now. I took uh, issue with them saying for one, well, this kind of ties in with a couple of things. Like for one, um, they called Limp Biscuit the most aggressive band of the era. Yeah. Which, you know, I know for a fact that bands can cause riots because there was a band that existed at that time called Bad Luck 13 Riot Extravaganza, and <laughs> they were a lot more aggressive than Limp Bizkit. That's all. I, you know, that's the thing. I think I think they're trying to talk about it in like a more of a like a more pop and like normie sense. Like Limp Bizkit was the most aggressive band on the radio at the fucking time. Yeah, and it, well, really, the point is that I don't know, they really should have put fucking bad luck riot extravaganza well, on the bill. Well, so here's the, I, I, Woodstock '99. I, I think I think that corn might have been heavier, at least in the subject matter. But in regards to like aggroness, Limp Bizkit were objectively much more aggro. Yeah, I suppose they're angry because yeah. even though Jonathan Davis does have very heavy uh, lyrics, and I think he does have a very like aggressive stage presence, sometimes it's it's. It's much more of like a lashing out against like the fucking like uh, it's like it's like a it's like a bullied kid lashing out. Whereas Fred Durst is just like a fucking like borderline frat douche bro kind of guy, like a <laughs> persona. Because I don't think Fred Durst is that type of person. I think that was his fucking persona. Um, yeah. Because I, I mean, mean, it's it's possible, but the idea of a man who has a nearly ten year old daughter in his early thirties acting like that on stage while he's like rich as shit and is a big like big wig at Interscope doesn't sound quite right to it doesn't quite sit yeah and someone who'd been in the military for quite a long time as like a respected like naval officer not no yeah, I don't know this, Brad this Bro thing, doesn't really fit <laughs> this whole thing just has a feel like um some asshole heard uh, at some meeting that the band that was playing at this time had a song called break stuff and they were like holy shit they were oh, telling yeah. people to break stuff it 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 stinks of the whole like Marilyn Manson being blamed for Columbine type. Yeah, 100%, it really yeah. does. And uh, there, you know, what's funny is that I the, mean it, um, that was his fault, but yes, objectively. Uh, in fact, uh, Marilyn Manson is responsible for all school shootings, believe it or not. Yeah, he actually got a rib <sighs> removed so he could kill all the teenagers in America. He's <laughs> responsible for violent video games. Oh, uh, that's true. Um, so he is yes. in part responsible. Talk about Woodstock 99, uh, uh, the music video for the song Rearranged Off Significant Other is literally about people judging Fred Durst in, like, the court of public opinion and executing him. That's what the song, that's what the music video for Rearranged is about. You should watch it. I'll check it out. It's very artistic. It's very, uh, very cinematic. <laughs> it's honestly a good music video, though, but the, 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 like, the whole thing is like, oh, you caused the riots, and then we're going to murder you, and that's how the music video ends. So, um... So, without that further ado, uh, let's get into a much more uh, lighthearted article. Uh, this one is called, Austin Citizens Vote to Name Solid Waste Department After Fred Durst. Mm. Yeah, Austin, Texas. Uh, and believe it or not, the person who put this together um, was a guy named Alex Jones? Because he lives in Austin. Um, I'd never heard of him before, but apparently he's got a very popular radio show. He's got a lot of I- info, and he's going to go to war with it. He's yeah, very concerned about Steve Alex frogs. <laughs> Dude, Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin was a co-signer of that petition. So. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> when uh, the city of Austin asked its citizens to help rename Solid Waste Services, the people made their voices heard. And overwhelmingly— I'd, I'd like to say Solid Waste Services, boo, Solid Work Productions— 
Yeah. Yeah. Solid work. <laughs> Solid uh, turd projections. An overwhelming number of those polled want it named after a certain Limp Biscuit frontman. According to the Austin Chronicle, solid waste services hope to rebrand itself by focusing less on wastefulness and more on environmentally friendly, sustainable practices. In the Austin spirit of innovative thinking, the department opted to crowdsource a new name for the public utility using a web poll. The unorthodox responses should have been no surprise for a city whose unofficial mascot is a homeless crossdresser. I'm going to look that shit up later. What the fuck? What? Yeah, uh, gotta uh, check that out. That's cool as fuck. Uh, the most votes by a wide margin were cast for uh, 24-year-old Kyle Hentage's submission, Fred Durr Society of the Humanities and Arts. <laughs> Uh, for the lucky few who are fortunate uh, to be unfamiliar with the hopeful winner's namesake, man, fuck you. Man, <laughs> fuck you. That's no, fuck you. Anyone who's unfamiliar with Fred Durst, I'm sorry. You shouldn't exist. That's true. This is just slander. This is fucking slander. I'm, I'm, and I'm saying this on his fucking 50th birthday. I'm a piece of shit, aren't I? No, the person who man, wrote this you. is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to link this to Fred Durst, and he'll say he'll do the, like, uh, uh, like SpongeBob, like, Every other word is a capsule, man. Yeah. Man, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Hope that wasn't an offensive voice. That's just how I read those SpongeBob memes uh, when I see them. Uh, Durst rose to prominence as a frontman of the 90s rock rap group Limp Bizkit, known for their hits Rollin', Break Stuff, and Nookie. And apparently nearly 30,000 people believe it would be fitting to immortalize him by attaching his name to garbage. Not, not to the Madison band garbage. Yeah. But... The apparently not good kind of garbage. Uh, for what it's worth, but Durst... Can you imagine garbage with Fred Durst as the front man? I'd fucking listen to that shit in a heartbeat. <laughs> we should do a mashup of that. Hell yeah, I'll make one. Uh, uh, for, for what it's worth, uh, Durst himself responded to the campaign on his Twitter. I want to thank all of you uh, who are helping me in Austin. I hope we win. You know, Fred Durst, good taking it on the chin. You're fucking yeah, awesome. Thank you. That reminds me of when Pitbull went to that random fucking Walmart in Alaska. Because it's... Because that random internet poll told well, him he's Mr. International. Has ever done. No, it's legitimately amazing. <laughs> it's legitimately incredible. Um, voting closed yesterday, and this is back in 2011. So unfortunately, we did not even know about this until nearly 10 years later. Um, and the final decision lies with the city itself. But we certainly hope that Austin lives up to its weird reputation and approves the people's choice. Now, here's the thing. Uh, they also showed a screenshot of the poll. Now, here's some other funny ones. So, of course, the number one pick with fucking like 27,000 more votes than the last one was, of course, Fred Durst, Society of the Humanities and Arts. Next one listed here is the Department of Neat and Clean, <laughs> which is just stupid. Uh, Ministry of Filth, which honestly, fuck, I'll go with that. That sounds That's, like a fucking black metal band. It's a yeah. fucking hardcore name. Yeah. You're going to love this one, Jess. Hufflepuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hufflepuff and pass. What fucking... Who voted for Hufflepuff? Like, oh, wouldn't it be cute if we called our fucking dump Hufflepuff? Because yeah. Harry Potter? What? Here we go. Next one. Uh, I, think, I, think this is, I think this is a reference to a band, Maximum No Filth, which makes me think of the band Maximum the Hormone. I don't know what that's a reference to. Um, what about Maximum uh, Ministry of filth is it supposed to be maximum like maximum rock and roll like i don't understand what about what the cradle of filth next one listed here and this is the one that should have won lemon party <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um austin recycling and waste reduction department um uh the w acronym uh, is like a like a shortened version of reward which mm -hmm. is just stupid 
Um, the Longhorn Alumni Society. What the fuck is that even a reference to? Uh, there's Something probably Texas. some people who went to, like, well, who are the Longhorns? Is that University oh, of Texas? It's or the Longhorns' that... opponents. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's either the opponents or some people who went to that school and were not, they did not have a good time. Okay, but, you know, students. it could be funny, but it's still dumb. Um, the Austin Waste and Recycling Services, also known as Aware Services, which, uh, no... Because there's no E. So it's aware, A-W-A-R, services, which is, once again, stupid. Um, and the last one is waste not, want not. Objectively again, better than than the fucking aware services. Oh, yeah. I got to say. Well, also, and yet it's just less votes. And I will say that is the article. It's, it's waste not, want not, and just like pathetically written like only the first word is capitalized yeah, just, like, <laughs> they waste. put no effort into it like 281 grandmas were just like oh that makes sense oh that makes sense i suppose we could vote for that no oh. all right so um does anyone have any final thoughts before we get to the vote um wait do we know what it ended up being called it did not end up getting named that did it end up getting named any of those things? No, it probably was just renamed some fucking boring thing. It was probably named after, like, some Texas governor who was responsible for another Native American genocide. It was named, like, so, Dave Lazuski after yeah. the guy from Kick-Ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they named, they named it after the guy who uh, won that contest from um, uh, fucking Legend of Zelda game, Link to the Past. There's that whole, like, room, like, Chris O'Hanahan room or whatever. Named it after that guy. Wait, is, is that the guy um, who had, uh, like, that giant piss jug in his room? Yes. It was named after the guy who created the My Little Pony cum jar. Oh, That's God. the name oh, of it after. The cum drawer. Eh. Oh, I've seen the, the cum, cum box, drawer. yeah. Oh, yeah, the cum box. No, the cum box, yes. The piss drawer. I was thinking of the oh. piss drawer. <laughs> the Mom cum box the is something drawer. I do yeah, never want to remember. wearing a Batman costume, they find a piss drawer. <laughs> By the way, uh, I'm an antinatalist for good reason. <laughs> All right, Jesse. You, you come in a box. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I was going to make that fucking reference, <laughs> god damn it. All right, but Jess, do you have any points before we get to the vote? Uh, no, not really, I don't think. This one All made right. me less depressed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and on once again, on Fred Durst's birthday, we will honor him by voting for the best Fred Durst side thing here. This so, is, Well, this is a hard vote. I don't know. What am I, and what am I voting for? Well, you're voting for the thing that's more interesting, maybe better, or the most Fred Dursty thing. Now, see, there are different ways I could take this, and I've made my decision, but... Okay, so if, if you don't mind, I'd like to get to the countdown. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, so three, two, one. Woodstock, Woodstock 99. 99. <laughs> so we all vote for Woodstock 99? Yeah. It's, it's because... It's very Durstian. It's, it's Durstian, and it's unfairly remembered, frankly. And it's all there's also yeah. frankly more to talk about in the next time it oh, goes yes. up against. Certainly, so. frankly, more to talk about. I and would by next be, time the podcast will have plugged us. If yes. that dump in Austin was actually named that, I would vote for it. Yeah, and we we take a field trip to it. <laughs> we I absolutely would. I'm not even yeah. joking. Yeah, let's <laughs> fucking go. We'll we'll, we'll take um, a, like on, on the scene reporting for the episode if it yes. were to win on location on location Austin, Texas. But yeah, the. Woodstock 99 performance I feel that yes it sounds like Limp Bizkit is a little unfairly maligned for that because I feel like that's more on the festival organizers 
than it is actually on Limp Bizkit. And there's here's the thing, no and, way and, any of that is their fault. <laughs> no, and that's the thing is that even if you were to blame a specific band, which I think is like pretty not appropriate, Red Hot Chili Peppers were objectively the ones when the riots started. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if we're going to just blame a random uh, band for no reason, let's fucking imagine Dragons or something. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, blaming Red Hot Chili Peppers for the downfall of like Imagine the world as we know it would would things. be a fair thing because Red Hot Chili Peppers are a fucking awful band. So well, uh, you can't knock them because they invented an entire genre, funk. Um, <laughs> yes, and they also, by the way, invented the idea of playing funky music uh, while being white and having a bassist and a singer. What? Yeah, so, and having a sock on your cock. Come on. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. They also invented um, Mike Patton's existence. So here's the thing. Uh, Mike Patton, you're a fraud. I'm sorry. This is now the Red Hot Chili Peppers fucking podcast. Taylor, are you a um, are you a, a anti um, I am legend uh, person? Here's the thing, Mr. Bungle shouldn't exist. I'm I, sorry, folks. They shouldn't exist. There's gonna be a new Mr. Bungle album. Did you hear Wait, about that? Mm, I'm excited. On. How is Mike Patton involved in I Am Legend? Oh, this is fun. Well, he yeah he he voiced all the he fucking voiced monsters. the zombies. Are you serious? Yup. No, he's a prolific voice actor. Didn't you know that? Mike Patton's a very prolific Check voice actor. Check it out. Look it up. I had no fucking Mike idea. Patton is the zombies in Holy I Am Legend. shit. Because he's a really good vocalist, unlike Anthony Kiedis, who can suck my fucking <laughs> penis. Uh, Anthony oh, Kiedis. Yeah. I don't want to go under the bridge. <laughs> All right, Anthony Kiedis, I kind of, I kind of wish you would overdose so I wouldn't have to hear your music. So, Jesus, Uh, doesn't he have AIDS? No, I thought he did. No, I think we're thinking of Charlie Sheen. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I mean Anthony Kiedis and Charlie Sheen have probably raped the same amount of people. It wasn't, wasn't Anthony Kiedis in Deadfall? Yeah, Yeah, it was. Um, There's actually a a funny performance where uh, Mr. Bungle like do covers of various Red Hot Chili Peppers songs. And there's a performance where uh, one of the guitarists, I think is I can't remember his name at the moment, uh, but he's like he's like doing a mock shooting up. (laughs) <laughs> like while he's playing guitar and like making fun of like the fact that their guitar is like fucking OD. Jesus. Oh my God. It's really funny. <laughs> Anyways, that is a Fred Durst Friday. Once again, happy 50th fucking birthday, Fred Durst. Happy 50th, Fred Durst. You don't look I a day over. It's half a fucking century. You look a day over 51. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, quite frankly, he doesn't look like he's He's aged well. No, honestly, for for a 50-year-old, he looked pretty fucking good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, once again, this is Cage Fight, Fred Durst Friday. This is Taylor signing off. Bye, babe. This is Jess. Bye-bye.